This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a thousand agents across the country and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents, I trust it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's gotta be a better way. There is real estate agents. I trust.com. And so best and brightest. On the Blaze Radio Network. I found myself today daydreaming about the nuclear option. That is, Trump as the nominee. And and endeavoring to conjure... I mean, this is how I daydream. I've had others, but they're not as popular as once they were. I was endeavoring to conjure arguments and reasons whether, why, and if Trump could, can actually beat Clinton if he's the nominee. Before I give you such musings at which I arrived, not final thoughts, but the sketches of the answers to those questions. Can he? How can he? Will he? Uh, have you thought about this yet? Is it too early to ask this question? You know, they say oh, it's too early after a tragedy of some kind. Is it too early? Is it disloyal to my guy, Ted Cruz, to ask this question now? This thing's not over, but as a strategist most of my life, it's you're guilty of malpractice if you're not thinking 10 steps ahead. What do you think? I think I'd like to know. Excelsior! Best and brightest broadcast partners, my friends. I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. What a lucky, lucky time to be doing what we do together. One triple eight, not just seeing history made, but making it. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred. 
3393. As I say, it, it may be too early to raise the question. Uh, not as a matter of loyalty. I said yesterday and many times before, I'm, you know, I'm for Ted, I'll always be for Ted. But the difference between me and some other of my closest friends, including you, is that I do this for a business. I mean, this is what I do to feed my family. And before radio, I did it, you know, on television and radio. And before that, I, at the same time I was doing that, I was doing it for clients actually seeking these offices and mostly winning them, I'm happy to say. I did not take lightly holding their futures in my hands, which I largely did. I was generally the most important consultant. I'm I'm sorry. I really am, if it sounds boastful. I don't mean it, not a whit of it, to sound boastful. It's just the way the business works. When I retired from active political consultation, any campaign with which I was associated, I was generally the lead consultant. I was the campaign manager, as in amateur parlance, I was the campaign manager. If I made good decisions, we won. A really good, really good percentages. If I made good decisions, we won. If I had a good candidate and I made good decisions, we won. Sometimes I had a good candidate, made good decisions, and we lost. Sometimes I had a bad candidate, made good decisions, and we won. There was every possible permutation. I say this because you pay me to think ahead. Not out of disloyalty, not out of some uh, veiled message that I think this is over. The media, as we discussed ahead of time, two and a half weeks ago, almost three weeks ago, we said, here's what the next three weeks are going to look like. And it's going to be brutal, miserable for Ted. At the end of those three weeks, the media is going to have Trump nominated. Did we not? You know we did. So it's not a matter of disloyalty. It's a matter of practicality. No, this race isn't over. If it isn't, it may largely be because of Ted Cruz's choice of Carly Fiorina yesterday, which we also talked about about four weeks ago. But we will have plenty of time, in any case, to consider our options. But, dig this. More than one prominent Democrat in Washington, and I know because I've talked to them, like last night, More than one prominent Democrat believes and can't put yet, can't yet put their finger on this, but believes that Donald Trump could lose in a landslide. What I understand is that the 
consultant community and we can condemn them and you know that's what i was that doesn't mean i'm going to stick up for them necessarily but they're not all bad people and a lot of them are smart good people who will only work for people they believe in and actually do have scruples i like to think i was one of those but among the consultant class about now who so much is said that is negative, they do drive the system such as it, it is. And, and among Democrats, they are pretty much divided, I am told, among Democrats. They're pretty much divided. Half believe Donald Trump is the best thing they could ever hope for because they will not only beat Donald Trump like a rented mule and win the election and have two terms of Hillary Clinton and set up communists to take over the United States permanently, which has been in effect since the first day, uh, you could argue Bill Clinton was in office, but certainly the first day, the un-American, non-American, anti-American Barack Obama was in the White House, the Manchurian candidate. Sorry, the Manchurian candidate. We're about to get the Manchurian candidate, some believe. But I am given to understand that half of the Democrat wise guys in Washington believe that Donald Trump would be the best thing that could ever happen to the Democrats. They'll kill him, they'll slaughter him, and with him, they'll slaughter the Republican Party and that they will have the playing fields to themselves for a, a, two generations. I said half. I am also told the other half believes that Donald Trump could and very well might beat Hillary Clinton like, as one put it, like a baby seal, end quote. And, and I know I'm an animal lover too, but before you condemn that, remember there are indigenous populations, North American populations, otherwise known as Eskimos, that make their living this way for 10 million years. So I know it's an unpleasant word picture, but... I'm going to use the left's leverage against us here. We can't condemn it. If that's how they eat, they are indigenous peoples. And a lot of Democrats believe that Donald Trump is going to beat Hillary Clinton like a baby seal. And you know what? Depending on your memory, I wonder if you remember that I have said, and it hasn't been more than a couple of months, Guru Jay has always said, if you are reduced to running a circus for a living, in this case, our government, if you're reduced to a circus, how do you beat a circus? And the answer is, you beat a circus with a bigger circus. And I can see, I can see. Should it become necessary, should it become a fact of life, I can imagine that and how Trump beats Clinton. And you may not want 
yet to answer this. But that's the choice we may soon have. And I never think it's too early to think about which would be at least the least bad of the two outcomes, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton as president of the United States. I hope I don't really, really need to ask. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company. And it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through Real Estate Agents I Trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. With the very best and brightest among them, Lisa. Welcome. Hello, Jay. It's good to talk Hello, Lisa. to you. I do think it's a little early to start thinking about a Trump candidacy, uh, from my perspective, because... um, Well, thank you for that disclaimer. I think from, (laughs) from, no, no, seriously, from the perspective of someone who goes about her splendid business every day, not yet having to worry about these things, I can appreciate that it seems very much early. But if you consider my perspective as the guy that you pay to lay out scenarios weeks or months in advance and say, now here's what is probably happening behind the scenes. It's never to, there's no such thing in my business for too early. And I, I respect that. That's why I love listening to you because you do give us a perspective that we would not normally have um, from Thanks. a lay person's <laughs> point of view. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, a cruise supporter, and like m- a lot of cruise supporters, we do believe in miracles. And I'm still hoping and holding out for some kind of miracle. And uh, Clearly you, know, you are a, a, a strong TED supporter, as am I. Yes. And so it, it falls to you for me to ask you, because it seems appropriate for you to be asked, what do you make of the Carly Fiorina pick? That is to say, of her and of her strategic value. Do you think it's a winner or a loser? What about the timing? What about her? What, what are, what's your initial 
sense of this, Lisa? I think it is brilliant, and I think you called that long before. And I was actually sitting by the phone when you were saying, who do you think it will be? And I'm going, Carly Fiorina. <laughs> so I, I really um, I really believe it. it is a good pick, and it, I, I would like to even see him maybe put more of his cabinet together. And show that would be a bit of a, I think that would be a bit of a risk and also a yawn, you know, in terms of the well, media that that would that would be ignored and therefore a media cycle wasted, in my opinion. But but okay. let's if Your we may return to Carly it. for a moment. I yeah. believe that she and we talked about this weeks ago. You know, I, I right. believed, as I said then, that she was the most valuable player that wasn't playing right now. And that if anybody was going to pick anybody for anything, Carly out of that field was the sleeper. She was the MVP, right. not signed to any club at this time. So I think that Ted Choser is a very, very good judgment. Does, in the reality, though, of day-to-day prize fighting, do you think that the choice seems forced or desperate or otherwise diminished by the fact that he kind of had to make it, you know, on the day after he got the snot beaten out of him tremendously. I think I saw it as a true prize fighter. He, he was coming out swinging. And, and for me, that, that really actually said a lot, um, because he wasn't giving up and he wasn't giving in to, uh, you know, Donald Trump was was giving his great speech yesterday, so to speak. I mean, I don't know how great it was, but... That speech, um, by know, the he, way, he I want to talk good. about that later today. That speech, you are right to mention it, but only in this context, as far as I'm concerned. Lisa, that speech never happened. Right. You explained that yesterday, and yeah. you actually had to go and look for it to yeah. hear it. It never yeah. happened. It was, and I'll tell you, I, I want to speak in detail to this today. I That speech was that, now again, I choose my words carefully, as I know you decipher them carefully. That was the best speech Donald Trump ever gave. This is, as we know, the typification of dubious distinction. Okay? It's the best speech. Not a good speech, necessarily. It's just the best speech that Donald Trump ever gave. And if his supporters had seen that speech, if the people on the fence had seen that speech, if the people undecided or even mildly dedicated to a different candidate had seen that speech yesterday, Donald Trump would be ahead by 40 points. That was, again, only compared with what he has done before. That was way big league compared to anything he's ever done. And though I know that it was his normal BS committed to adult words with multi-syllables and written down on <laughs> and, and written down for him, you know, to read yeah. off the teleprompter. That's all it was. It was a rehash of, I'm going to kick their ass. You know, that's all it was, but only someone turned it into multi-syllabic 
quasi-adult terms. But as Charles Krauthammer said last night, it's the same old, like, childish stuff that didn't really say anything. But it's the best speech Donald Trump ever gave. And it's, it's the only question, Lisa, that we can honestly ask ourselves is, does it matter to the great unwashed? Was that a good enough speech to move votes? And I tell you, it was. But I also tell you, it never happened for the reasons we discussed yesterday. The instant I saw this speech at noon on a weekday with no audience, no TV, I said, what? Why did they do this? You know, if they had if they had scheduled that speech with a with a crowd of twenty five thousand, which they could easily Lisa have conjured, as you know, and done it in primetime TV, everyone would have showed up. Everyone would have covered it. It would have been like the most important speech. It would have been regarded in some quarters as, you know, Henry Kissinger, reborn. But they didn't. And therefore, it doesn't exist. They wasted the biggest opportunity they have had. They fired their biggest bullet of the campaign. And they missed, Lisa, on the same day that Ted Cruz was picking the smartest, ablest, most appealing, smartest, greatest vote-getter as VP. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest in all of radio. I am Jay Severin. Thank you for the job. one 3393 Lisa says it's too early. Like joking about a disaster or something, but only in somewhat reverse order here. That she says she's not ready to think about Ted being out of this. And so it's too early to be thinking about Trump versus Hillary. I'm most fond of Lisa and her astute remarks. But, of course, I must statutorily disagree. That's not what you pay me to do. You pay me to be playing three-dimensional chess ahead of time. So postscript... And I tell you this from, as you know, I tell you this as I tell you everything from the bottom of my heart. All factors considered, if America, if Americans who vote in the end have a choice between Hillary Clinton, and Satan. And they find Hillary Clinton more appealing. And what I mean by this, from the bottom of my heart, 
is if we end up with a choice between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, I can tell you for the first time in my life, I believe if the people who vote, if our fellow citizens who vote, if the majority of Americans who vote, given that choice, choose Hillary Clinton. I believe the oldest constitutional republic in the world, one of which I am the lottery winner, I I, I want, think about it. I listen to the BBC at night, almost all night, and I, it's just story after story of women who get up at three o'clock in the morning and walk 20 miles to get a jar full of water you wouldn't even be allowed you you wouldn't you wouldn't allow to pour into your toilet bowl you wouldn't have it in your house they walk 20 miles they walk 30 miles to get a jug full of dirty water to come home and feed their babies and cook with cook what oh you know cook like a single carrot to feed six people we have no idea. We have no idea, no idea what's going on in the rest of the world for the majority of the people of the world. And by that, I just mean how lucky we are to have been life's lottery winners in terms of where we were born and that we are citizens of the United States of America. That's no excuse for not trying to make it better. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean, oh, gee, so I'll so double my taxes because I'll still be lucky. Screw that. I want the best life for my children I can have. And I did win the lottery, and I'm not apologetic about it. So I ain't carrying water on my head, and I'm not going to cry all day about it. But I don't want to start carrying water on my head And unless you do, if you would ever pick Hillary Clinton over anybody, over Satan, then I tell you the world's oldest constitutional republic has reached its zenith and it's on the decline and is going to smash downhill with the speed and recklessness of a cement truck with a broken handbrake at the top of a hill. It's going to wreck everything. And I mean to say I will, for the first time in my life, consider life for my family somewhere else. I'm not saying this the way, I hope I'm not, I'm not saying this the way Alec Baldwin says, yeah, well, you know, Reagan is a pig, and if you elect him, I'm moving to Canada. Please, go. Would you go? He's not a bad left fielder, though. He hits pretty good. Got a good glove, pretty good stick. Uh, For a chunky guy, plays a very good left field. Uh, I've played with him for many years in the Artist Writers softball game in East Hampton. That's another story. That's just name dropping. That's another story. Uh, But I'm not saying, you know, pig, pig. Like, uh, you know, oh, he wins, I'm going to move to France, you know. But I really am saying, 
I am still young enough or still not dead enough. I have a very young family. My child bride is 15 younger, 15 years younger than I. And the rest of the family, even younger, as you might imagine. So even though I'm closer to the end of my life than the beginning of it, and I'm aware of that every day, believe me, I'm not at the end. And I'm not going to take for granted, you know, a heap of indignities, starting with it, the the wreckage of my country and it becoming you know, some banana republic from South America. I won't do it. I won't. I mean, it's okay. I don't, no one else has to listen. Doesn't matter. It's just my decision. But we probably won't leave the United States. It's just that over the years, especially the last several years, I've been the recipient of several opportunities in TV and radio, mostly radio, in other countries, uh, in London, in Iceland, in especially in Australia, uh, even Japan, believe it or not, uh, among those native nations that very much want an American-speaking, uh, hot, as they call it, radio host, not Howard Stern, but someone who would talk about issues. And, you know, we would sit around and think about it and say, London, hmm. And I know it's become, and it has, if you don't know, London has become Londonistan. And so anyone who moves to London, good luck. I mean, you have to, you would live your life in about a two square mile area as it is now and shrinking. But London, schools, etc. Hmm. Reykjavik. No one has to tell me about Iceland. I have trod in Iceland where no human being has ever trod. In several places, no human being has likely ever trod. I know Iceland from the middle of the secret, scary, windy, frozen Nordland to the happy streets of Reykjavik, which is like a little Brussels, only not infested with religious fanatics. I know Reykjavik. I love Reykjavik. I could live in Reykjavik tomorrow. I've spent months in Reykjavik bringing us to Australia where I have lived a combination of a couple of years and New Zealand, which I neglected to mention. Japan, I don't know. It's just a pity that if I went there now, I wouldn't go there as a single man if you know what I mean, and I think you do. So I'm not sure Japan would be on the list. The point is, when, if, the United States formally becomes a functioning socialist republic, if the Black Lives Matter 
crowd becomes a legitimate dominant force in American life? Well, good morning, Mike. Good eye, Mike. I mean, this is this is not something that anybody sensible just says or does or would consider doing. But I honestly believe that the election of Hillary Clinton creates an America in which it pays to look for options if you're young enough and if you're mobile enough. I feel horrible thinking it and saying it. But you know what? It, it is what I'm thinking. And the shorthand for what I've just said is my bumper sticker has always said the Constitution. And okay, yeah, it's also said no Democrat. It's the same thing. That's what my bumper sticker says. What does yours say? Mine doesn't have a name on it because I've never been loyal to a name. I have been loyal to the Constitution of the United States. And once it ceases to be the operative document that controls my life, my future, and the opportunities my children will have, and the way the country in which my family will grow up and prosper or not, once we are no longer a constitutional republic, once that bumper sticker is violated, then... I'm going to be practicing a new sign-on, which is, as aforesaid, good day, mate! Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners on the Blaze. Jim from Ohio. Welcome. Hello. Hey, Jim. I'm uh, I'm shocked that I'm on already. Okay. So uh, I'll get right to it. How you doing? That's all. You got to be prepared for this. This is what you train for. I'm still mesmerized by the uh, British girl's voice on the wait. So, <laughs> uh, I, I got a couple quick questions because I know you're a tactician of, of this political would stuff. You, and, then uh, would you stop wasting it with a fluffery? <laughs> go, go. What's your complaint? Why, Hello, why, it's Jay. What's your complaint? What's your remedy? It's about Ted, and why didn't he... I don't know, defend himself more when his, his comment about New York values really originated with uh, with Ted, with uh, Donald defending his stance. In Iowa, I would, advi- I, I would have advised him to make it. It was worth making. He would not have gotten two more votes in New York had he not said it. That's true. <laughs> probably won him Iowa which, as you recall, he did not win by a, a terribly comfortable margin, but placed him in the position 
such as it is, he's in now. Yeah. But he would not be. He might be, you know, uh, playing golf with George Pataki this afternoon uh, had he not done it. So, no, you know, when you're running against a guy who is a New York liberal whose entire life has been played out in the New York Post on page six with stewardesses and strip clubs and everything else, and you're running in Iowa with the largest percentage or one of the largest percentages of evangelical Christians in the country, I'm sorry, if you don't use that or or have your surrogates use it, but, you know, if you don't cause that to be used against your opponent, then you don't know, you don't understand, and you are not ready for the business of politics. Remember, government is a different thing. That's Ted Cruz's problem, among others. Ted Cruz's problem is he'd be a perfect president. He's a shite candidate. Because candidacy is politics. Being president is government. He'd be great at government. He's not a good candidate. I hate saying yeah, it, I think, but it's true. I think you're. I mean, I know you're right, and it's just amazing how he didn't win the southern states, and he might lose Indiana. I'm going, my God, if you can't win there against the New York, would you go liberal? Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. come on, Jim. Yeah. Jim, if we were from Mars, and they brought us down and did us as a focus group, just the two of us, and they showed. Five seconds of a Donald Trump speech. And then they showed five seconds of a Ted Cruz speech. What would your impression be if they told you the subject here is leadership of the planet? Oh, they might think they lived on different planets. (laughs) Well, we do. My point is, my rhetorical (laughs) point, Jim, is that Donald Trump was born to twerk. Donald Trump was born to be a candidate in the era of Beyonce, Jay-Z, and twerking. He's a media star. That's what it takes to run for national office, sell a product, or do anything in America now. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. I just uh, received from Danielle a tweet, and uh, staunch in her views, she says, if either of them are elected, Trump or Hillary, I'll work against them both. Danielle, this is a common illness, and we hope to soon find a cure, Uh, because Unless you're an early North American victim of the Zika virus and your head has become very, very small, there is no such thing as working against them both. Soon, you're going to have the choice, almost certainly, of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton as president. Danielle, friends, children of all ages, I know Trump is vulgar and a lout, but you don't know what he's going to do. It could be awful, but 
we know what Clinton's going to do. She's a vulgarian, a lout, something else that rhymes with witch, and something else that rhymes with communist. Excelsior. Danielle, I've just hit the, the send button. Surely we've been we've been corresponding for a while. Danielle, surely you do not believe you do not believe that Trump's vulgarity, that Trump's personal vulgarity, and what little you know, and I know, of what he will do, because you have no idea what he's gonna do. And neither do I. But having studied him, known him, watched him, observed him, analyzed him, talked to him, all these things, okay, he could turn out to be a liberal Republican. Donald Trump could turn out to be a liberal Republican. And that would, as we say in the business, suck but you don't have to guess with hillary clinton hillary clinton is satan hillary clinton is satan hillary clinton is satan hillary clinton we know we don't suspect we don't think We don't uh, presume. We don't uh, conjure. Hillary Clinton is Satan. You know going in. You know. You know like the tides will change. You know like the sun will come up. You know like two plus two, except in Democrat-dominated common core schools, Two plus two can only be four. It's a physical reality. You know that Hillary Clinton is Satan. You know that she's a communist. You see what she did in Benghazi. She helped slaughter American SEALs and lied about it. You see what she did under Obama, you see what she is. You know what she is. There is no question mark. I admit with Donald Trump, there is a very big and, yes, tainted question mark. He could turn out to be other than what you wish. Would you please help me understand the logic whereby I pick... Given a binary choice, I pick between Satan, someone I know, know, is Satan on earth. I know this. We've known it for 40 years. So, given a binary choice, 
I have, hmm, A, Satan, B, a vulgarian and a lout whose personal habits disgust us, whose leadership quotient is equal to that of a 10 times convicted of of fraud and, and petty crime and eats his own boogers, greasy, fat, disgusting, bowling alley assistant, assistant manager that surfs porn, you know, uh, instead of renting out lanes at the cheapest bowling alley in the darkest corner of America. Okay. I'm not saying that's what Trump is. I'm saying, you know what? We don't know. But given what we do know Trump has done and who he is and everything else, look at the, we're at the racetrack here. Look at the percentages. Look at the percentages. You've only got two horses. I mean, in the event we end up with two horses. You've got one that you know is a whore. A communist whore. But on the other, you've got someone who, who knows, could turn out to be a rhino could turn out to be Teddy Roosevelt. You don't know. You don't know. And you, nor anybody else, 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. Call me. Call America. Here's your free million-dollar commercial for Hillary or against what I'm saying. A million Americans await your clarification on this matter. How is it? What is the rationale? Forget the names. Forget the personalities. We don't need to mention either of their names. When you have to take your life, the life of your country, the savings of your life, the future of your family, the fate of your nation, and go lay it on one single horse race. And you know from having followed the horses, you know what both horses, sorry, you know what one horse is. You don't know what the other horse is. The other horse might break out of the gate and and sit down, fall over. You don't know. But at the very worst, I think we know that Trump shares fundamental patriotic ideals. Yes, he's a pig. Yes, he's a lout. Yes, he's a vulgarian. He is everything that my parents taught me not to be, except a financial success. That part I would rather have gotten down rather like he did. Although, Dad, you could have left me $200 million too. But the fact is, what do you get at the worst with Donald Trump? At the worst, what do you get with Donald Trump? At the worst. What do you know? What do you know you get with Hillary Clinton? 
Satan. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. With you, the best and brightest, guess who we have? Frank from Pennsylvania. Frank, welcome back. Jay, you, you're, 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 I, don't think, I think you have the choice wrong. You're not asking us to choose between the devil we know and the devil we don't know. You're asking, have you, did you ever watch The Princess Bride with your Frank, daughters? Frank, hold on. I'm not asking you to choose. I'm just sharing you oh. with what I'm thinking. I'm not asking you to did, do anything, but go ahead. Have you seen The Princess Bride with your daughters? Did you sit there? Which which cup had the poison in it? They both had the poison in it. That's our choice. <laughs> I, I, it's been a, been a long time. The Repu- I did see The Princess the Republican Bride. Party, I... The Republican Party is going to die either way. And yesterday's show opening, I was so hacked off at you, I turned you off and I put on The Walking Dead because it had more uplifting content and less morbid <laughs> things to say. It, I did. I swear to I didn't. I was like, that's it. No, nope, not Jay today. I believe you. There's, I believe you. You I mean, were I like Kit. Kit, you asked, Kit tweeted me with friends like Jay Severin. Cruz needs no enemies. Oh, you all asked, I was doing was trying to reflect honestly the fact that the guy's getting the snot beaten out of him. I mean, what, okay. what, what do you, you asked, want me to say? You want to make, make stuff asked, up? You ask her if it was too soon. Well, yeah, you were like the you were like the Undertaker and all the old spaghetti westerns that would come out and measure you for your box and your last suit. <laughs> well, the gunfight hasn't I, happened I, yet. I take I take your comment, and I'm and I I take your comment. But again, I don't have this show uh, or my next one because I tell you stuff wrong seven days later. You know, you listen to this show because normally you like the future when I tell you the future. But when I tell you the future and it doesn't include a new car next year, then you say, ah, this guy sucks. You know, I mean, okay. I, I tell the future. We all know the, I tell we the all, future good. The I tell the future bad. Well, pardon me? We all know the poison is in both cups. There isn't a winning situation here. Not, Dude, not the way it's the laid Republican out. The Party it, is dead. The Republican yes. Party is dead. Either way. When, Either way. When Donald Trump, and forgive my use of an obscenity, when Donald Trump stepped on that stage last night and today, I watched them both and Toto. When when I watched Ted Cruz, let me back up just a second. I'm not taking away from your time. Frank, when I watched Ted Cruz speak in his first two appearances in Indiana, I knew uh-huh. it coalesced for me. I knew the problem. Ted Cruz has not learned that when someone says, what time is it, Ted? You don't offer a speech on how to build a watch. You don't give them the Gettysburg Address when they say, morning, Ted, how are you? It's called a ceremonial profanation by the great sociologist Irving Goffman of University of Pennsylvania. It's like you meet someone on the street. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Well, to tell you the truth, and the guy's going for his bus, 
But he asks you, hey, how you doing, Bill? And you grab him by the lapels and you say, I don't think my wife loves me. I think she's fooling around. My kids are failing in school. I can't pay my bills. I, my, my elbow hurts every time I do this. You know, it's a ceremonial profanation. The guy meant good morning. He didn't mean really how are you. You know, and, and, and Ted Cruz as a candidate, I'm writing this very large and melodramatically to make a point. Ted Cruz is the guy that you say, how you doing? And you're still standing there 20 minutes later. Jesus, when he, pardon me, geez, when he introduced Carly Fiorini yesterday, when he had all the networks yipping at his feet, live feeds, every network in the world. Do you know when in the hour Carly Fiorina finally hit the stage? <laughs> Very 40 late. Minutes. Was all... 40 minutes. He talked for 40 minutes before he said, Carly Fiorina, my running mate, here she is. You do it in 10 seconds. And the difference is to when he does it, he talks to us like a divinity professor at Harvard Divinity School. When Trump speaks, he speaks like the guy, 99% of the guys you interact with every day in your life. That's not an endorsement. I'm for Cruz. But when I tell you what their their relative merits or demerits are, that's not being unkind or negative to Cruz. It's, it's doing my job. I've done this. I've done this. If this were the plumbing show. Hi, Jay. I've got a J-joint underneath the sink, and the son of a bitch keeps leaking on me. What do I do? You know, I don't talk about religion or, you know, politics. I talk about that U-joint or whatever it happens to be. If This show is about the future of what's going to happen in what's happening right now with the Civic Circus Maximus. And what's happening right now is that Ted Cruz is getting the living snot beaten out of him. Now, do you disagree with that assessment? We're friends. I'm not angry. No. You're not angry. No. But do, no. is he but not getting the living snot beaten out of him? In states that we knew he wasn't going to do well in. Is he, yeah. or is he or is he not getting the living snot beaten out of him as of today? Yep. What happens if, just to validate the answer, the Q&A, what happens if Cruz loses in Indiana? Probably you're going to be shopping for houses outside the country. What happens if, if and I know it's the same question, but what happens if uh, Trump loses in Indiana? That He's is going to depend. I, I don't. I don't think we're getting to his uh, taking the majority. I, oh, I, okay. I mean the the uh, the twelve thirty seven, and uh, then it's Frank, it, either we I have rules, or we love, don't have I rules, and it goes into balloting or it doesn't. I took it that your complaint is that it's I'm being soon. overly critical of Ted Cruz. And so maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I that's a misapprehension. I'm just trying to justify why I'm trying to call the game like I see it. I, I, look, I know I'm not alone in telling you that if it's Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, I'm staying home. 
Or if I go, I'm just voting the down ticket so we can hold back whoever gets in because it's not going to matter which one. They're going to need help. I got you. So let me translate. You're voting for Hillary Clinton. I'm voting down ticket, and it won't matter who's on top. How do you know when you don't know what Trump? You don't know what Trump will do, whereas you do know what Clinton will do. How can you say it's the same thing you don't know? To believe that Trump has turned over a new leaf from all the various positions he has held, which were all I liberal don't argue until that. he ran, I to don't believe argue that, that he would turn over a new leaf, you may as well believe that Hillary's going to flip a new leaf when she gets elected. Frank, if you were it's arguing with someone, Frank, if you were arguing with, not fighting, but if you were debating with someone who believed that, that would be an interesting point. I don't happen to believe it. I'm not saying he'll turn over a new leaf. I'm saying okay. he is who he is, but we really don't know who he is. He seems to share more common sense, I would call it, more not, not exclusively, but on balance. He seems to more be in touch with common sense values then we know Clinton is. We know she is communist. So, I mean, Trump is not what we want, not what we hoped for. It should break our hearts, those of us who care about this, that we are looking at the prospect of not having the, the Ronald Reagan only better that we had hoped for all these years. A conservative yep. who could actually bring practical, constitutional, conservative principles and solutions, as I know we believe it to be so, to, to this office and to our country. I agree with you on that. But if we can't have that, why do we turn into four-year-olds, smash the cookie jar, and say, I'm going to go poop on the living room rug? It's not going to matter. Who gets in? It's really not. Oh, jeez, Frank. We, Frank, either I, Frank, call again soon. I love you, but this argument is beneath you. You said this five times. We don't know. We don't know. We do know with Clinton. Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. radio network with you the best and brightest and you are and because we argue colorfully we do not fight i don't regard this frank and i as having fought just now i regard us as having argued argument is a good thing fighting is generally a bad thing arguing is good arguing equals debating it's a good thing. Patrick from the great state of Texas. Welcome. How's it going, Mr. Severin? It's an honor to talk to you, sir. It is my pleasure. I, it could be going better uh, because I had hoped that Ted Cruz would not prove to be this generation's uh, 
oh, uh, oh, gee, oh. he was head of the Republican Senatorial Committee. I, I met with him many times, had to parade my candidates in front of him. Um, United States uh, Senator, Republican from Texas. Why? I always think John Connolly, which is wrong. That John goes back Cornyn? to Jack Kennedy. Pardon me? No, no, before Cornyn. Before Cornyn, big, white, silver-haired. I, uh, I see him now in my mind's eye. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> well, that politi- was political of professor of uh... science at University of Texas. Phil Graham. Mm. Phil Graham. Okay. He ran for president in, I don't remember the year. He got one delegate. And I, <laughs> and I splashed my face off all over the place saying to people, this is your guy. I'm telling you, this is your guy. (laughs) Now, I never made the mistake of saying beyond when I realized he was not going to win, that he was going to win. But in terms of, you know, the candidates out there, I thought he was, he was the balls. I just thought this guy was great. I still do. Um, He got one delegate. So uh, how are things, Patrick? I wish they were better from the latest candidate from the great, for the greatest uh, for the latest candidate from the great state of Texas. <laughs> Thank you for calling it the great state. And uh, I would I'd preface what I'm going to say by saying I helped elect him as senator. Um, you know, I, I love Ted Cruz Thank you. as a senator. I really do. I think he's one of the very few who stands up for what we uh, conservatives believe in. And Did you hear I will say this. What, what Boner said about him today? No, sir, I didn't. Oh, you're going to love this. It should make you 10 times, pr- 100 times prouder, Patrick. John Boner pronounced, I know, actually, Boner, was speaking <laughs> at Stanford University in California this morning, or last last night or this morning, and the quote that's being carried by all the wire services is, Ted Cruz, I've had to work with many people, I have Republicans and Democrats, Uh, They're all friends of mine. I get along with everybody. But Ted Cruz is, here's the operational quote, is the most miserable son of a bitch I have ever had to work with in my life, end quote. (laughs) I'm surprised Ted's response, by the way, Ted's response, by the way, was actually delicious uh, because I'm not sure it was direct enough, but it was delicious. And that is, I don't know, John Boehner. If I've spoken 50 words to John Boehner in my life, I would be shocked. And what he was really saying is, you mean that guy in the House? I'm a United States senator. I mean, that guy used to get my coffee. Are you kidding me? But anyway, um, that exchange happened. But I'm saying to you, you ought to be even prouder that you voted for Ted Cruz because Boehner is his enemy. Right. No, that that is a good sign. That is a good sign. Um, Jay, I've, I've been waiting for somebody to bring up the reason on why I believe a lot of people are voting for the Donald. Um, especially, uh, I'm, I'm a podcast listener. I work full time. I go to school full time, and uh, recently just had my first child. So a uh, very busy life. Bless so you. I tend to try and grab you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And, How old? Uh, uh, I am 26. No, not you. You dope. Your baby. Oh, oh, he's uh, about four days. Four days. Oh, old. man. Oh, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm suffering from exhaustion. 
Nobody I was going to say, call us when you call us when you next again sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm going through. Um, this these are the know, best days of your young life, my friend. Savor correct, them every time I that will. you every time you want to cry when it's three thirty and the baby is crying. You 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 choke back those tears and you remember this is the biggest gift from God that ever existed and when this kid is 17 and calling me a bastard and demanding his own car and saying he's going to run away from home and you think of the times how could how could this quintessential bundle of joy how could this angelic presence turn into this little bastard I want to strangle. But but now, now are the days you get to lay there and say, just another second before I get up, I want to hear just one tiny, helpless, one more little cry because that little baby is crying for me yeah. and and wants me or his mother, needs us, wants us more than anything. And you're going to go through the early years where that's true, where you're going to get the V for victory sign. Patrick, every time you walk in a room, when you come home or you come in from another room, your boy is going to shoot both of those arms up in the air, which is going to be a greeting, and it's going to be the universal infant sign to his daddy. Pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. Hug me. And someday you're going to walk into a room and you're not going to shoot up his arms. You know why? Because he wants to show you he can walk on his own. I don't need to be picked up, Daddy. And because he's your son, he'll probably do that obstinately and early. But you won't notice it at the time like I didn't. But then I one night sat there with a drink after the show and I said, when's the last time Janie wanted me to pick her up? And it occurred to me for the first time, the stages of this whole thing. And I'm, I know I'm stealing your time for stuff you don't want to hear from oh, me. Oh, no, to be honest You have you grandparents, I'm uh, sure, who are going to blubber this stuff all over you. But you are so I'd blessed. I'd from Guru Jay, man. Guru uh, love Jay, him. Love him. Love him. You'll never know another. You will never know another, another love like this. And neither will he. You love him with all your heart. You're so right. And you know, it blows me away is it, it's hard to put it into words when people ask me, um, you know, so how, you know, what are you excited? It's just hard to tell somebody who hasn't had a child, the, you've never felt those feelings before. You've you can't. never, you thought you were happy. You thought you were happy. You thought you would yep. experience joy, but you have never you seen can't. happiness and you, you do not understand joy until you have a child. And it, it, Patrick, it's and that's after four days. Sit there and stare at him, you know. Wait till he's just... wait till your son is four months old. Wait till your son is fourteen months old. Wait till your son is four years old. You will be obsessed. You will be incandescent yeah. with love for that child, for that human. Oh, you man. you will you will look back on when he was four days, four months. 14 months and say that was nothing it really that was nothing compared to the love i feel now it builds like a super bank account that pays ten thousand percent interest every day 
just enjoy oh. it always. Every moment. That was a cool way every to say little that. Thing. that. was really cool to say that like that. No, no, just you're so you're so lucky. You're so blessed. I'm sorry. Thank I'm, you very go much. Go ahead, sir. please. Thank you very much. No, um, no. It's your bless you and your wife. <laughs> thank you. Uh so <laughs> kind of hard to talk I'm, about politics now, but anyway, let's <laughs> No, uh, it, it means the world to hear you say all those things. Um, you know, I, I love Ted Cruz. Um, I also loved Rand Paul. Um, but the thing is, uh, I, I am yet to hear somebody bring up why I'm okay with voting for the Donald. Why uh, I, I'm okay with either Cruz or, or Trump, you know. Um, at the end of the day, I probably fall more on being a Trump voter before Cruz for president. And it's for – a uh, few reasons, but one of the reasons that no is the main one that nobody seems to talk about is: um, Would you agree that Hillary Clinton is a globalist? Absolutely. Okay. Um, would you agree that? Uh, and I hate to take it over there because he's my guy, man. I helped elect him. Uh, but would you agree that you know Ted Cruz is a globalist with his wife being in the CFR and writing the North American Union? Uh, report papers and I, I don't with I don't believe I don't believe things. Ted is a globalist. Um, I don't believe he's an internationalist. I don't believe that he would, you know, sign treaties or do things that would ever place secondarily the interests of America or American citizens to the interests of another country or to this uh, notion of globalism. That well, this may this may mean that, you know, 50,000 people in Texas may lose their jobs next year, but 200,000 people in Bangladesh will get jobs and lift themselves out of poverty. You know, after that, uh, it, it, and I, it is my view, and, I, and I'm fairly confident that, that, that Ted is far closer uh, to me in, in that uh, than not. But I mean, he's not as much an outsider. Look, you know, I mean, look at, look at their credentials. You know, and look at who well, he their is. Credentials are what scares me. The, Senator, the, what you know, what I mean. Ted Cruz's uh, credentials is in, uh, you know, oh man, I was just so much more a fan of, of uh, Ted whenever before the endorsement by the Bush family, before uh, what's the Bush running his campaign finance committee? I can't remember. Um, is it Neil? Oh, Bush? Uh, uh, I the unknown Bush. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yes, uh, yeah. Neil? It, just, Neil? it broke. It breaks my heart. It really does. It breaks my heart. And I understand, though, that, uh, you know, he was uh, with the Bush administration, and which at the end of the day, yeah. I, I know uh, Look, people what, don't what, like uh, the W, but he, Patrick, was, he wasn't what, a bad you know, president, you know. For me, there is a very old cultural American, and it, it is also political, as saying a maxim, which is outside of the family, familiarity mm-hmm. breeds contempt. You are a young man. You will see throughout your lifetime politically that politicians and other public figures that we love like crazy eight years ago, we're now tired of, not because they did anything wrong, but because familiarity breeds contempt. But as I say, Mm -hmm. it's outside the family. Um, I have to go. The, The joy, the zenith of my job today was speaking to a daddy with a four year old boy because I'm speaking to the winner of the Powerball Lottery. (laughs) Thank you very much, Mr. Severn. Thank you, Patrick. Call back. Take care of that boy.
This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network, uh, I just had uh, <laughs> John says to me, "When's the last time you were in New Yorkistan?" Uh, I grew up in New Yorkistan, and New Yorkistan was New Yorkistan before any other stan was any other stan. But there was law and order, except when Dinkins was mayor. Then it turned into the jungle. And then it took Rudy Giuliani to bring peace and stability and livability back to New York. You can check every one of the indices that exist on real estate value, on safety, on arrests, on everything there is. Rudy Giuliani was the George Washington of New York City. He saved New York City. Because it did, it it turned into Rwanda. It turned into Somalia for a few years. I know, I was there. Um, gee, I wanted to find. Was it? Was it? Was it? Why have I lost you? Where are you? Was it Justin? It was Justin. Justin says he sees in his crystal ball Donald Trump tapping Marco Rubio as vice president. Therefore, I mean, we don't know if it's therefore, but presumably therefore, grabbing with that, if Marco, if little Marco agrees to swallow the insult, hey, it's only politics. If little Marco goes with Trump in in the event, you know, that eventuates, uh, that would give Trump 145 delegates. I believe that's the number that uh, Rubio has. And if you play out just the most likely conservative mathematics over the next several weeks, at any time, if you gave, this is why I don't understand and believe that Ted must have tried to make a deal with Rubio. You want to know what I think? There's no time for you to tell me. I believe you do. Here it is. I think Ted wanted to make a deal with Marco, and Marco said, I don't think you're going to win. I'm going to make a deal with Trump. Because at any moment, if Marco makes a deal with Trump, he puts Trump over the top, although he'll wait until a moment where he can cut the strongest possible deal, which means he won't do it now, probably, to wait until just after California. I love you guys. See you tomorrow. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.